Take your Bibles this morning, please, and find the book of Romans, chapter 12. And we'll be there in just a few moments. You know, we've been on a series here recently that I've entitled Satan's Best Lies. And they're those that we have been caught up with in and our, our, our world is caught up in. And sometimes even our churches get caught up in. We've learned this. We've learned Satan is a liar. When he speaks, that's what he speaks is a lie. If, if angels have DNA, then his DNA is to lie. And if his mouth is moving, that's what he's doing. And not only that, but we found that every lie has its origin in him. And so we have looked at, at what Satan is doing. You see, he'll look till he finds God's truth. As beautiful and as pure and as holy and as sweet as that is. And then he'll make a counterfeit. He'll take that and turn it into something that is really, really ugly. And we've seen that with the four that we've looked at so far. The first lie was on, on our Independence Day, and it was that nationalism and patriotism are the same thing. We found out they're very not. Very, very much different. We looked at the lie that all roads lead to heaven, that all you need to do is just be sincere with whatever path you want to take, and God will honor that. We found God's truth in the midst of that. We looked at that truth is just whatever you want it to be, that you recreate our own truth. You have your truth, I have my truth, and, and we just walk, we just be happy in our own individual truth. And we held up the word of God to that, and we thought, that's not, that's not anywhere near close to right. And then we looked last week at, at a prevailing truth that, hey, it's all about you. God wants you to be happy, and it doesn't matter, you know, what you have to do that. The pursuit of happiness is the most important thing. You, you just need to be happy. And so the world would revolve around us, and we, we looked at that and, and found out that for believers in Christ, the world revolves around Jesus. You see the absolute opposite of what Satan tries to do. Well, today we're going to see yet another one, a prevalent, uh, prevalent lie that just permeates not only our society, but I'm, I'm afraid too much of the church as well. Here it is. It's your body. Do with it what you want to. It's your body. Do with it what you want to. This, this has led to permissiveness in astronomical proportions. Excuses for everything from overeating and substance abuse to pornography and abortion falls under this. It's your body. Do with it what you want to. So I want to hold that up. I want to hold the lie up here to the light. And I want to bring the Word of God up for a moment. Let's just see what the Word of God says. And that's where we're going to start in Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to focus just on that first verse. Romans chapter 12 and Verse 1, it says, therefore, I urge you, literally, I beg you, I beseech you. He, he's earnest about this. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, that look, you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your true and your proper worship. He's, he's begging the church at Rome. I, I want you to get this. 
Here's what worship is. Here's what living the Christian life is. It's to present your body to God as a living sacrifice unto him, holy and acceptable. And then there's another passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17. I want to read it now. We're going to get back to it a little later. But it says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's amazing what comes next. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. And look at this. For the temple of God is holy, whose temple you are. Satan says, your body's your own. You do it at what you want to. The word of God says, your body belongs to me. And it's mine to do with as I please. Once again, God's, God's word flies in the face of the modern philosophies of our day that we live with every day. We hear them every day. They're, they're on the media screens before us. They're in the music we listen to. They're in the laws that are being passed. But God is calling forth a peculiar people, a people who will be uniquely different in their philosophy in this world that will make the Word of God their standard. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just come before you today asking you to, to bring the light of your presence to bear into the darkness of the lies that Satan weaves. He wants to take the, the holy creation of God, the human body, and make it something ugly. He, he wants to take the wonder of sex that you created and make it something that comes from the gutter. He wants to take food or, or medicine or whatever it may be and have us to so abuse it, their bodies are broken down. Lord, help us to put on a brand new pair of glasses today. That we can see through these lens that we are not our own. But our bodies are your temples. Our bodies are redeemed just like our soul and our spirit. And they're yours. Open your word as we open our heart. And Holy Spirit, may transformation happen. In your name we pray. Amen. Derek read a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you'll turn back to that, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20. That's going to be our focus. What I want you to do, I, I, well, let me just take you on a little bit of a journey in my own life. I grew up and I, I was in my teens and 20s at the kind of tail end of the hippie movement. And during that period of time, what we championed so much was being different from everybody else. We, it, we looked at the world differently. We looked at relationships differently. What was involved there was not only peace, but free love, that free love movement that went on that created an awful lot of kids, by the way. And, and you know, when it came to, to sexual relations, 
It had nothing to do with love and nothing to do with commitment. It had to do with whatever was enjoyable and pleasant. And that's the world that I came out of. That's the world that I was saved out of. And so when, when I came to faith in Christ, that little church where we were at, the volunteer youth minister, the thing that they pushed and championed so much was this theme that your, that your body is a temple of Holy Spirit, that you have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, and your body is not your own to throw away or abuse or to, to fill with all kinds of, of, of defiling substance. Your body is not your own. Well, now, this was strange to me. This was strange language to me. And it may be strange language to you, too. Because the world we're living in today is not that much different from the world that I grew up in. Because here in the world today, they say, you know, your body is totally yours. You do with it whatever you want to. That's the philosophy of the world we're living in. Well, I was taught to memorize Scripture, and we were given Scriptures many times that had to do with just this. And one of the passages that, that we were confronted with as a young Christian was just this one in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. He said, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And that price was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, honor God, glorify God with your bodies. Now today, I'm, I'm talking primarily to those of you who are believers in Jesus Christ, who've made Jesus your Lord and your Savior. Uh, this may not make sense to those of you who haven't made that step. step. Uh, I understand that, and please forgive me. This applies to you as well, but it uniquely applies to those who are believers in Christ. They've responded to the gospel. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I'm talking to those of you who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. You've asked him to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all of your iniquities and to come and live in your heart. You're the primary target I want to pay attention to today because you're the one who's already committed your life to Christ. So what's that looking like? How is that being lived out in your life when it refers to your body? Because Christ didn't die just for our soul and spirit. He died for our bodies as well. I, I want us to look at, at theological versus practical belief for a moment. Uh, Craig Groeschel, a wonderful pastor and author, wrote a book entitled The Christian Atheist. And he talks about the fact that, that here's what we say we believe in, but here's how we live. And there's an incredible conflict between these two. And I find that that's very much true within the church of Jesus Christ as it relates to what I'm talking about today. That we can say in theory, yes, we believe that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and that our bodies are a temple uh, unto him. But it makes no difference in the way we eat, in what we drink, in the substances we put into our bodies. The way we perform sexually, it has no practical bearing. And there is a disconnect between what we say we believe and how we behave. 
And Craig's written this, this, this whole book about this, and this is just one tiny little topic of that. Christian atheists, get that, you'll enjoy reading that. Let's look and take apart these spirit-inspired and Paul-authored words right here. He first of all says, do you not know? He's writing to the church at Corinth. Now, now Corinth was a hotbed of, of worship for all kinds of different gods and goddesses. And many of them in, uh, that were worshipped, sexual expression was a means of worship. Now, I know that sounds weird today, but that was very much the case in that day. That the temples you would go to actually had temple prostitutes, male and female. And you would commune with the God as you were engaged in those multiple orgies. Now, I, I know that may sound gross to you, but that's the reality of, of the world that they were living in. And Paul was writing into this culture. He was writing into the free love culture. He, he was writing into the sexual, sexual permissiveness culture. He was writing to, for today. Writing into the midst of this mindset. That, hey, your body is, is, is your own. Do with it what you want to. It's fine. But he was writing with a very, very different message. Do you not know? Some of those he was writing to were brand new Christians. And they probably didn't know this. And some of you today may be young believers in Christ. And you've never heard this before. So this may be a brand new thought for you. Hold on tight. It'll rattle your world. But some of these were Corinthian Christian atheists. Like Craig Rocher writes about. That they knew better. So he's writing this to remind them. When he said, do you not know? He was saying, I know you know. But I need to remind you. What you say you believe is not, believe is not being practiced in how you behave. So he, he says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Who owns your body? That's the question. Now, now, I want you to turn in your Bible while I'm preaching. I want you to find the sixth chapter, 1 Corinthians 6 and 13. We're going to read that together in just a minute. Who owns your body? I want you to know something. Jesus wants you to be free. Jesus Christ wants you to be free. But the only way you be free is to know the truth. Jesus said to those Jews who were believing them him, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. So you abide in the word, first of all. You live in the word. The word is the way you believe and the way you live. If you abide in the word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you will then know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Now don't ever take that verse out of context. That, hey, the Bible says truth will set you free. No, it says if you abide in the word, then you'll know the truth because the truth comes out of the word. And that truth will set you free. So what are we doing here today? We're going to hold up Satan's lie. It's your body do with it whatever you want to. And then we're going to hold up the word of God, which I believe is the truth incarnate. Hold up the Word of God. When the Word of God says your body is not your own, I paid the price of my precious blood for it. It is my holy temple. And you need to honor me in and through your body. I want you to look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 13. Have you found it yet? It's going to be on the overhead right here. 
I want you to look at it. Read it with me right now. Where it says, foods are for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both of them. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Will you understand, underline those three words? For the Lord. Your body is not to be abused sexually, but your body is for the Lord and the Lord for the body. What does that say? Who, who does that say owns my body? The Lord Jesus Christ. When I was a young believer in Christ, I came out of that world very much engaged in all kinds of ways that I was abusing my body. And it was my own, so I would do with it what I pleased. And so my, my youth minister confronted me. He said, Fred, would you take Jesus with you? And when you're smoking on a marijuana roach, say, here, Jesus, take a puff. You'll love this stuff. And I was horrified. No, I'd never do that. Would you take him with you with your group of guys? You go out and, and pop a top and say, here, Jesus, have a bud. No, I'd, I'd, I'd never do anything like that. I said, Fred, every time you participate or you're engaged in that, you're taking Jesus Christ right down in the gutter with you. You're saying, come get stoned with me. Come get drunk with me. Come lie with me and this woman. Come do this with me, Jesus. I was horrified humiliated, embarrassed to the max. I hit my knees in the altar in, in tears. Jesus, forgive me for dragging you through the filth of my life and asking you to be engaged with me in this. I want you to know he cleansed me. He forgave me and he freed me as he wants to forgive and free you today. Not free to go do it again and again and again. But free to know him as the master of your body. As who's in charge of what you put in it and what you do with it. Do you not know? You are not your own. You are bought. You are bought. Uh, let me explain what that means to you. And I got to talk about slavery here. And I know that's, that's ugly and that's, that's a terminology that we want to wipe away from all of the history books. But folks, it's history, all right? The scripture says that I was a slave to sin and Satan. That's what, how the Bible describes me. It describes you too. We're, we're a sin, we're, we're a slave to sin and Satan, to this world's way of doing things. That we were bought and sold there. Because this is the lifestyle we had, had embraced. And the Lord Jesus Christ comes along. And he sheds his blood. He, he, he didn't buy me with silver and gold. He didn't buy you with diamonds and pearls. It took the blood of Jesus Christ to purchase your body. But with his blood, he purchased you, and now you are his because he bought you. 
Let me tell you what he does with his servants. Once he buys them at such a price, he sets them free. He sets them free to be joint heirs with him, to inherit the kingdom with him, and to have Father God as, as, as their own Abba Daddy. But I want you to see the price. You think of the way you've abused your body. Think of the way you've neglected your body. Think of the things you've done to your body. And then look at the cross of Jesus Christ and say, that's what put him there. He bought us with his blood. We belong to him. The body is for the Lord. Jesus bought me. Would you be willing to say that with me? Jesus bought me. Will you say that with me? Jesus bought me. When he died on the cross, he bought you soul, spirit, and body. That you're his. And he came to live in you. To dwell in you. To make his home in you. For you to be his temple. All over the world, there are temples built to various gods and goddesses and stuff. You go to those temples to commune with that particular God. But that God lives in you. Wherever you take your body, worship is happening. Wherever you take your body, you're taking the Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever you put into your body, you're putting into his body. Whatever you rip out of your body, you're ripping out of his body. We are not our own. We belong to Jesus. The world holds the lie up over here. Your body's your own. You do it whatever you want to. The word of God comes over here and says, here's the truth that sets you free. Your body is not your own. It belongs to me. I bought it with my very own blood. And I set you free in me to be everything. You can be. Oh, what a price he paid. And oh, what a blessing is ours because of it. But I want you to understand, when he bought me from slavery to sin, and bought me as his very own servant, and set me free, he's still my master. He's still my Lord. He didn't give me freedom to live my life any way that I want to. But to live under his lordship with him abiding within me. So, so do you not know that your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you and that you're not your own, that you are, have been bought with a price? So what's the result? So glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your body. We glorify God in our body. How we use our bodies. We glorify God. God speaks through you. He ministers through you. He worships through you. As our body is yielded to him. As a living sacrifice. That's the truth of God. Now, now I want to hammer this home just a little bit. 
You are not your own if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Your body's not your own. Your body is a living sacrifice that you offer up to God. God, here's my hands. How do you want to use them today? Here are my eyes. Where do you want to use them today? Here are my feet. Where do you want me to take them today? We're living sacrifices unto God. I want you to know if you're a Christian, your body's not your own. Let me say this too. If you are a married Christian, your body's not your own. You know what the Bible says about that? Yes, the Bible says something about that. The Bible says your body belongs to your spouse. Your body belongs to your spouse. Listen, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 4. For the wife does not have authority over her body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body, the wife does. Say, whoa. If you're a Christian you're married, your body is not your own. Let me take it one more step, and I may end up being crucified here, but I'm ready for it. If you're pregnant, your body is not your own. You are carrying within you a life placed there by eternal God, and you're a steward of that until it comes to full fruition. That's what the Bible says. Your body's not yours to abuse with overeating. Your body is not yours to put any substance you want to in. Drugs, even if they're prescription drugs, your body is not your own for sex outside of marriage. Your body's not your own for the killing of an unborn child. I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around the logic. I, I had to take logic in, in college. I don't know if any of you did. But, but help me with the logic of this. If I'm a woman and I'm pregnant and I don't want my child, it's a blob of tissue and I can do away with it. But if I want it and you do something to injure that child and kill it, you're a murderer. The difference is whether I want it or not that makes it a life or not. Will you help me with the logic of that? There is none. Our body is not our own to neglect. Our body is not our own to, to overwork and not get adequate rest. Our body is not our own to treat symptoms and not look for causes. Our body is not our own to, to not get regular checkups and do what the doctor says. Our body is not our own to bottle up our emotions and then explode on somebody. Our bodies are not our own. They belong to Christ. And they are His to command. I don't know about you, but I'm, I've fallen short of that over the years. There have been times I've abused my body. There's times I've neglected my body. I want you to know God understands that. He says, for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's a gospel for folks like us. Jesus says, come back home. If you've never heard before, then learn for the first time. If you already knew this, then let's recommit ourselves to it. My body is not my own. 
It belongs to Christ. If you're a spouse, it belongs also to your spouse. Which is important when your wife says, get my body up out of that chair and go carry out the garbage. This is something we have to let settle in. It's a new thought because this whole world is holding up this lie. It's your body's your own. Do with it whatever you want to. You can, you can smoke whatever you want to. You can ingest whatever you want to. You can you know, do whatever you want to. It's, it's yours. Do with it what you want to. And Jesus says, that's the body I died for. That's the body I paid my blood for. That's the body that is the temple where I live. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. And so, no, you can't put just anything in it you want to. You can't do it, take it and do with it anything you want to. It's mine. Now, you know, Derek said something earlier I want to remind you of. This is not about behavior modification. I'm not trying to get you to do something or not do something. I'm trying to get you to see why. You, you see, when, when I grew up, there was a major push on sexual purity. And when my boys were coming along, it was still very much in, 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 in vogue. True love waits. And so every parent, every grandparent, everyone who was, who was in charge of, of a child, th their great concern was that they would misuse their bodies and that they would uh, end up pregnant or getting a girl pregnant or whatever the case may be. So we focused so much on, on uh, behavior modification. We didn't, didn't, we didn't want you to do certain things or wanted you to do certain things. We didn't teach enough about the why. You see, it takes a powerful why to govern a big what. And the why, the why is the love of Jesus Christ. His love for us and our love for him. If it's just about the what, do this, don't do that, it's just a bunch of rules, a bunch of pharisaical rules. And nobody wants to follow rules. They want to rebel against rules. But the why is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. If you grasp, if you fall in love with Jesus Christ, it's not a matter of following his rules. It's a matter of that love being so deeply personal, so intensely physical, that you understand your body is not your own. It's his. Now, if you've never been taught that, and if there are things this morning that you're just feeling brokenhearted about, let me tell you, Holy Spirit wants to deal with you. He wants to bring cleansing and wholeness and healing into your life. But especially if you're, if you're young, if you're dating, if you're, if you're in that age where you haven't made a lot of these decisions, that I want you to know this. I want you to commit yourself first and foremost to Jesus Christ. I'm so glad I fell in love with Jesus before I fell in love with Valeria. He was the love of my life, and he brought her into my life. But my love for him must always outweigh my love for her. But the closer I draw to him, the more in love with her I am, and the more a servant to her that I seek to be.
because that's his will for my body and my heart and my life. You can come back and fulfill a design that you never even experienced. I want you to say yes to Jesus. There are four statements I want to make and see if you agree with me about these and then I close out. Today I choose to make my body a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells within me. Would you join me in making that commitment? Today I choose to make my body a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. If I haven't already done that, his blood is going to cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness, and I can start to do that today. Secondly, I want to confess that my body is not my own. I want to confess to you, Lord God, this is your body, not mine. I want you to be the governor of my body. I want you to be the ruler, the sovereign Lord of my body. Third, I recognize that I have been bought out of sin with the blood of Jesus Christ. With such a precious price paid for me, I cannot ignore that. And finally, God, I commit to honor you with every aspect of my body. Will you join me in those commitments? Let's pray together. Father God, I, I know this sounds strange to many of my friends here today. Because we lived in this world that raises up the, the, the freedom and the sanctity of a person to choose what to do with his or her body. But you're also calling forth a peculiar group of people who are saying, I want to live my life according to the Word of God. And the Bible throughout defies this modern philosophy. Father God, I want to surrender to you today. It's all about surrender. I want to surrender my body to you today. God, I want to confess to you for the ways I've abused or neglected my body. I want to confess that sin before you today. And I want to claim by the blood of Christ the forgiveness and the cleansing that you offer. But then as I get up off my knees... I want to consciously recognize my body belongs to you. What I put in it, what I do with it. You are in me and I take you with me. And everything I inhale or anything I ingest, I inhale or ingest into you. Any way I use or abuse my body, I'm using or abusing your body because it's yours. And I confess before you, that you are the Lord of my body. There are some here today that want to make that commitment to you, Lord. They want to say, here, here I am. I want, to, I want to give my life to you or I want, to give my, I want to give my body back to you. Lord, this is your time. I just ask you now to come and, and minister your grace right here. There are some in a moment as our praise team sings. But we're going to come to the altar and just, just pray and say, God, I, I just want to settle this with you. I, I want to receive your cleansing and forgiveness. I want to have a brand new start with my body. I want to dedicate it to you from today forward. Others may want to join our fellowship. Others may want to come and profess their faith in you. But this is your time, Holy Spirit.
Speak to our heart. Our answer is yes. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.